Happy winter meetings, baby. We made it to the most fun week of the baseball offseason. We're just going to talk about the week as a whole, what it means for the Tigers, all the news and notes and rumors that are already being talked about, all the moves that have already happened over the weekend. The craziness has begun, and I can't wait to talk about it. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, December 5th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay, we made it. We are here. We made it to my favorite week of the year because I'm a nerd and I'm proud. It is winter meetings time, baby. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. And like not only just as like specifically a Tigers fan, because I do think that this week should lead to a lot of stuff from this front office, but just as a baseball fan in general, man, how can you not love winter meetings? This is seriously my favorite week of the year and always has been like growing up. I would always get, I can remember being in high school specifically and getting in trouble for like paying attention to rumors and like moves that were happening (laughs) during winter meetings during the daytime while I was in class. And yeah, not great, but We're here, and I'm super pumped to go through the week with y'all. So uh, for this episode, I kind of just want to rift. Can I rift? If it's cool with you, then that's, I think, what we're going to do. I just want to talk about, like, everything. What's going to happen this week? Um, What is already being talked about for this week? There's, I mean, there's new stuff that's added on that's usually not part of winter meetings that now is. This is the first winter meetings like normal quote-unquote winter meetings in three years like since 2019 that was the last normal winter meetings we had and I'm so 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 happy that we are back in business 2020 obviously they were all virtual and then in 2021 because of the lockout they just got straight up canceled and we just didn't have any This is awesome. All the GMs, if you're unaware, all the GMs and front office personnel in for every team go to a different destination every year. And all the top agents go as well. And they all just like live in a building for a week. And then baseball just goes, yeah, let's just see what happens. It's so fun. Okay. (laughs) So I don't even know. Where do I want to start? I think I want to start with the catcher position for the Tigers and just for baseball and talk about what exactly is going on at catcher. So the free agent market for catcher isn't exactly incredibly deep, okay? It's not some robust, amazing market if you are in the need of an everyday starting catcher. There's Wilson Contreras, for sure. And then after that, it gets pretty thin pretty quickly. There's, uh, um, I, I mean... I don't know. Like, I don't want to make it sound like it just goes from 
from Contreras to like not MLB talent. Like there, there is still definitely some, some players out there that you can get if you miss out on Contreras and whatnot, but it definitely gets thinner quicker than a lot of other positions. And so because of that, the teams that are willing to trade their catchers are asking for a lot, I would presume, because catchers, especially catchers that can hit, really any catcher that is more than like a two-win player is pretty valuable, just two and a half wins maybe, is pretty valuable just because of how little is expected of them production-wise and offensively. So, Sean Murphy is the big one, and that's where I think I want to start when talking about individual players. I want to just address everything in terms of the Tigers and then everything in terms of baseball. The Tigers one for Sean Murphy is quick. It's not happening, okay? They are going to ask for a lot. And while I don't think that Scott Harris is afraid to make moves, and I don't think that the Tigers will go the whole offseason without making a single trade, I think that this is a, a a man in a front office that is actually more willing to make trades than we have seen maybe since Dombrowski. The Avila regime hated trades. They hated them. They despised them. They're like, no, we're just going to do everything ourselves and it'll all be fine. Okay, obviously it wasn't. And they had a refusal to trade minor league talent. They had a refusal to trade prospects. And all the major league talent that they traded were all just the rental players. They had no creativity with anything else, which we've talked about a lot. So I do think that this front office is going to be much more willing to wheel and deal than previous front offices. However, I don't think that Sean Murphy is the example that is going to be made. Okay. I think that that is a very high asking price. And I also believe that, The Tigers, while they, I do think they want to improve at catcher. I do. And we've talked about that at length this offseason. You can go listen to the individual breakdowns of the catchers on the roster, or you can go listen to the Wilson Contreras, like catcher Tigers breakdown episode we did. Um, They, I I do think that they want to bring in a catcher, Um, but I don't think that Sean Murphy is really in the cards for the rest of the league. (sighs) Uh, I'm I'm afraid Cardinals. And the only reason I say afraid is because I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals. So <laughs> I I don't enjoy when they get better, but I that if I had to guess right now, I would say Cardinals, they are just a factory where they just produce like two to four win players like it's nothing. And so they have some decently regarded prospects. They obviously just lost out. Lost out is not the right way to put that one of the greatest catchers of our generation and certainly one of the most long-standing how am I even trying to word this somebody who had their job longer than most people can ever dream of in this industry Yadier Molina obviously retires so I think that they're in the market for a catcher and I think they have the assets to do it that would be my guess right now I don't think the Tigers are in that mix Sticking with catcher, though, we do have it on, I don't want to say good authority, but we do know that the Tigers have at least expressed some interest in Wilson Contreras. Is that enough to say that the Tigers are going to throw 
a ton of money at him or outbid anybody and just like keep raising the price and and make sure that that no one else can get Wilson Contreras. I don't think it's that hardcore, but it doesn't surprise me. And like I said, we've talked about that, so we don't have to go super in-depth on Contreras and his fit with the team because that is a, an episode from a few weeks ago. But I, I do think that they will be talking to the Contreras camp, and, and I do think that um, that that is a, a feasible thing that while I don't necessarily expect it to happen, I don't think that he's like number one priority for the Tigers. And, and like I said, that they're going to really like go all out, all out to get him. I do think that they will kick the tires and, and see what's up regarding that. Now to end the catcher conversation, there is also a trio of catchers that are in Toronto and it would not shock me if by the end of the week, one of them was traded. That is Gabriel Moreno. One of the better catching prospects in baseball over the last couple of years is probably ready to be in the major leagues, but is kind of being roadblocked because they also have Danny Jansen and obviously Alejandro Kirk, who was an all-star. Kirk's not going anywhere. He's still young. He raked. Uh, that's he's yeah. Alejandro Kirk is going to be their starting catcher next year. Now, I think they probably would trade Danny Jansen. I think that that makes the most sense. I don't think that's that hot of a take. Uh, he has had some injury concerns over the last few years and is definitely the 1B catcher in that team. And I think that they would be a lot more down to kind of ease Moreno into the backup catcher role and then whatever he ends up being good, then they have another catcher they can trade, right? So, like, I think that Jensen makes the most sense to move. Um, the thing is, I also think Jensen is the least, I don't want to say least valuable, but it would be the cheapest trade for another team. If you were to look at those three, I think Jensen would probably be, well, maybe Moreno. I don't know. I guess that might be closer than I'm than I'm than I originally thought. I am totally rifting, by the way. So I hope this is good radio, but um, I, I think that one of those three is gone by the end of the week, or at least very soon after. And I think that there's going to be a lot of phone calls to the Blue Jays front office about Danny Jansen, or again, Gabriel Moreno, maybe as well. One of those two, I, I think Kirk is, is going to be their catcher next year. So the Tigers should probably kick the tires over there as well. Again, if you want to improve at catcher, there you go. Those are your three options. Wilson Contreras, there. Uh, well, there's other free agency. I guess my point was free agency or trade for Sean Murphy or trade for a Blue Jays catcher. That is, that's what I meant by those are your three options. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think that that is a not only a fascinating storyline for the Tigers, but also a pretty fascinating storyline in the winter meetings. It's just the catcher market is buzzing, and I love it. As the catcher's like my favorite position in sports. I was a catcher. I love them all, okay? So that makes me very excited. The catchers kind of have their own storyline heading into winter meetings. That's kind of exciting for me. Um, but, again, that's something that the Tigers play are playing into and, and kind of feeling around for. So we'll see if maybe they become a player in the catcher market. Let's get into all the rest of the storylines, man. I'm super pumped. I'm so excited. This episode's kind of just like setting the stage for what we can expect throughout the week. So, Let's keep doing it. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at 
Bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it covered at BetOnline.net. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay. We are back, segment two here, Locked on Tigers. So uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day, by the way. Appreciate you all. For your second listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, it's available on the app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All righty, let's talk turkey. Well, uh, that's I don't think there's any turkey to talk about. Let's talk about what else we can expect. Aaron Judge certainly is the biggest story probably in baseball. I think that's probably fair. Uh, probably pretty comfortably as well. Biggest storyline in baseball for the offseason. Um, yeah, th- I mean, he's not going to be a Detroit Tiger. So that's not even really something we need to spend too much time on. But just for the game of baseball, it sounds like... Uh, I'll give you my opinion first. I would be stunned if he was not a Yankee. I still am like 80-20 on Yankees and then the field. Like I would be, my jaw would be on the floor if Aaron Judge was not a Yankee. Uh, We do have it on, again, some rumors floating around there. Some important beat writers out there. some, Some big name reporters saying that they think that Judge will sign by the end of winter, by the end of winter meetings. Um, that's, you know, great, great. I think that the sooner he signs, the better, especially for the outfield market, but probably just for all of baseball. I think people want to see what Aaron judge is going to get paid. And then a lot of people are going to base their salary off of that salary. And then the people in the tier below them are going to base their salary off the people who base their salary off of judges salary. Does that make sense? I hope it does. If it doesn't, well, I think it did. So, um, but for real, I, I I do think that that'll kind of open the floodgates. And I think once that happens, you'll see a lot more signings rather quickly, especially if he signs early in the week. Like if he signs on Monday or Tuesday, the rest of the week might be all heck breaking loose. Okay. Uh, which would be a lot of fun. So I am rooting for Judge to sign soon just because I think it will move the free agent market along a ton. I think everyone's kind of standing, waiting around, especially all the free agents that are in the tier, like right below Judge, because he's in a tier of his own for this free agency class. I think they're all waiting around going like, okay, like let's see what Aaron gets paid. And then we'll kind of, you know, that'll be our negotiating point. And so I, I really do think that that'll help move things along rather quickly when, when he signs. So that obviously doesn't affect the Tigers in the sense that they're in on Judge because they're absolutely not and it's never going to happen. But I do think that that does open the door for the signings that we actually are in on. And so that's why it's still kind of important to pay attention to when he signs. Next up, we want to talk about next. Um, I think we're getting closer to a GM's probably being named i know that that's been a weird thing that uh we've been we we have been gm less we have been general manager less for this team uh ever since well scott harris took over pretty much so 
I want to reiterate this point. It doesn't matter who we sign in the sense that Scott Harris is still the top dog. I know that GM used to be the person that ran the show and that was like it. Well, now over the last like 10 or 15 years in order, and I explained this uh, at the beginning of the off season as well, but I'll do it again really quickly. Um, teams just started inventing roles higher than general managers so that they could poach general managers from each other and then like raise their salary and give them like a little bit more power that like didn't really matter. And then woohoo. Now you're the president of baseball ops instead of GM. That's a promotion. Like that's just what happened. That's literally what happened. People wanted to, Oh, hot. You know, this dude's been the general manager over there for 15 years and we, uh, you know, he's never going to leave. Well, if we promote it, maybe he'll leave. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> so, uh, Scott Harris is in charge and no matter who the general manager, think of the general manager as Scott Harris's right-hand man. That that's what this is going to be. Whoever is hired is going to be Scott Harris's like next in charge. That's, that's what's, that's what the general manager is at this point. Cause Scott Harris is running the show, no matter who we hire. And honestly, he's going to be the person to hire them again, because it's going to be his second in command, basically. Um, still really exciting, still very important, but not important to like in your head thinking, Oh my goodness, we don't have a GM who's doing everything or, Oh, you know, if we bring in somebody else, are they going to be the new person calling the shots or whatnot? Like, no, this is Scott Harris's team. Um, so that I think maybe winter meetings might be a time when that could be a thing. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know if that really falls under the umbrella of things that are that get accomplished at winter meetings but really like anything could happen there's so many important people in the game of baseball that are going to be at this beautiful hotel or resort basically um that like anything anything could could happen so I, i'm not saying that it's we're necessarily going to get a gm by thursday but uh it wouldn't shock me if we got one in the next couple of weeks i guess i'll say Let's see. What else do we got? Uh, I guess over the weekend, there was some news that already kind of started to prelude winter meetings. Oh, brilliant move by Brian Reynolds's agent, whoever that is. I, I don't know Brian Reynolds's, uh, you know, camp well enough. So I don't know who his agent is, but brilliant move to release the trade request stuff right before winter meetings. That is a big brain play. Galaxy brain move. Okay, that's what good agents do. And that was a good agent move right there. What, 48 hours before winter meetings? Hey, Brian requested a trade from the Pirates, everybody. Got to come clean, right? Like, that's just little little gameplay there, and I love it. I love it so much. I guess we can talk about that and just talk about the possibility of him being a Detroit Tiger, that's probably something that uh, when that news breaks, you immediately associate it with your team and find out if it's a fit. Is it a fit in the sense of on the field? I mean, absolutely. Like this is a team that is desperate for offensive talent. And Brian Reynolds is one of the better outfielders in the game of baseball. So he's certainly a, a fit in that regard. Is he a fit in can we obtain him? I think that is a much different question and uh, perhaps a much more difficult question. We'll get into it. Okay. 
We'll get into that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Simply Safe. At Locked On Tigers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. So this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Tigers listeners 40% off of a new security system. So don't put this off. It is amazing. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. That's for the third year in a row, by the way. They have emergency uh, immediate monitoring. It's fascinating. They It's 24-7. It's by professionals. It is their job. They use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if a threat is real right away. So you can get a higher priority police response and you're not getting any like fake triggering of alarms or anything. They all have people that it's their job to monitor this system and, and find out if a threat is real or not. Truly is fascinating and the best in the business. Uh, they have the top rated Simply Safe app as well. You can stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm it, unlock it for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust the system settings anytime and anywhere. So don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Um, Okay, we were talking about Brian Reynolds. Amazing move by his agent. I really want to just drive that point home. So he's amazing. Brian Reynolds is very good at his job. Uh, If you look at his year-by-year production, 2019 is a rookie, three-and-a-half win season. Remarkable stuff. Uh, that is unbelievably impressive. 2020, the COVID year, struggled mightily. Outside of the 55 games he played during a COVID season with no fans, and that really everyone struggled because it was a ridiculous year that no one misses. <laughs> Besides that, he has been a three-win or better player every year of his career. 2019, 3.4. F4 2021, a 6.1 win season. That would have put him in NL MVP conversations if he replicated that this season. And this year, he still had a three win season. This is one of the better outfielders in the game of baseball. He's also a plus defender at the corners. He's a minus defender in center, but the, you know, the Tigers wouldn't put him in center. I don't think, I think that's Riley Green's position at the time being. So, uh, yeah, you would get a plus defender, a really, really solid bat, career 481 slugging percentage, also just under a career 10% walk rate. That is phenomenal. And a career ISO of 200, amazing. Like, I just, I love him. I really do. Brian Reynolds is the man. So, the th- reason why I don't think this is happening is because the haul that it's going to take is I think much more than the Tigers want to give up and honestly are in a position to give up. I don't think the Tigers are really in a position right now. Yes, they need 
as much major league talent and as much bats as they can possibly get. I understand that. Um, but when you are trying to exit a rebuild and you, it'd be one thing if this lineup was riddled with like really young, controllable, promising bats, then you could just be like, all right, yeah. Like we had an off year last year, but there's still a, a lot of potential we think in this lineup. And, and no, we have like two of those maybe <laughs> like depending on like your opinion. So I think that two young controllable bats, not two major league bats. We have probably like four or five-ish of those. But my point is, are we really in a position where we want to be like selling the farm to bring in one player? Now, Brian Reynolds has three years of control left, and that is why he's going to take a King's Ransom to pry him away from the Pirates. Now, it helps a little bit that the trade request was made public because now the Pirates don't really have too much leverage. I guess they could just tell people like, yeah, we're not going to listen to them. But uh, that does hurt their their leverage a little bit, but not enough where the Tigers can sneak in and just like not give up that much for them. It's going to take some legitimate prospects. And as we talked about earlier last week, the Tigers only have three prospects in the top 100 prospects in baseball. And one of them just got drafted last year. Not really sure how much value he has. And another one was a high school arm taken two drafts ago. Not really sure how much value he has either. Jackson Job, this is who I'm talking about. I'm not really sure how much value somebody like Job has right now. I don't. And I know that there's some people that are just like, uh, I will always hate Job, even though it's like not his fault that he got drafted by the Tigers. Um, and they're like, he's never going to turn out. He's terrible. We need to trade him while, while people, you know, still think he has value or whatnot. And that's, you know, if that's your opinion, that's fine. Um, and, and uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, you, you know, you might end up being right. Who knows? But I, I don't think right now that Job has the type of value to like headline a trade for Brian Reynolds. And like the only thing he has going for him is that he was drafted high. And like the Pirates weren't the team that drafted him at third overall. Um, the, like we did. That That's what we thought his value was. I, I don't. It's like all he had. And I, I still think that Job can be a really good player, but just like where it stands right now, he is a 20 year old that just started pitching into like the fifth and sixth inning like two months ago, three months ago. And there's still a lot of growing to do, a lot of growing. I, I don't think that Jackson Job has like the trade value to, to really do that. And he certainly doesn't have the value to do it on his own. It would start with Job and then it would probably be other players. Or even if it's not Job, like again, like Jace Young, I don't think he really has much value right now. That's a, that's a mid like lottery first round pick that's been a pro for half a season. I don't think he really has much value, hasn't been able to showcase. That's what this is coming down to. You have to showcase value to have value. And I don't think either of those players have have been able to showcase their talent enough yet to have a ton of trade value. Uh, and then like Wilmer Flores is exactly the 100th prospect in baseball. And he had a great year, but I don't know if the Tigers are really looking to get rid of him. I just the assets it would take, I don't think line up with the Tigers at all. I think that would take a a really big haul. I think you're gonna see a a lot of really highly regarded pieces being moved. 
if they decide to get rid of Reynolds. And I don't think that the Tigers can hang. Basically, <laughs> we're just gonna call. We're just gonna be you know straight up about it. I don't think the Tigers, um, with with the amount of trade chips they currently have in their organization, can really hang with a team that is trying to bring in talent to make a playoff push and he's got three years of control left too like i said i i don't think we can really hang with the big boys when it comes to the assets we can give pittsburgh okay okay it'd be awesome i'd love to be wrong but that that's where i stand currently on brian reynolds um jacob Degrom this weekend that was kind of crazy texas man i tweeted this out but texas is really cooking they got something going on over there. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. And they're still like not even close to the best team in their own state. But like they got something cooking. I really like the pitching going forward. Not necessarily like this year. John Gray I don't think is bad. But I think that if you look at their system, they now have DeGrom headlining obviously for the next whatever four or five years. And then they have both of the Vandy boys. They got Lighter and Rocker. And they got Brock, which we talked about on the Prospects episode as well. The high school pitcher from, from here, Brock Porter. That's a really fun like pitching system going forward. And if the Tigers rebuild has taught us anything, it's that you can't do an entire rebuild around pitching. And they're not. They have some really highly regarded hitting prospects too. Um but that that has the potential to be a really, really nice rotation in a couple of years. And I think that that's what they're banking on. I don't think that any team should be really losing sleep over not paying DeGrom that either, though. Like, this doesn't involve the Tigers at all. We were never going to get Jacob DeGrom. I'm sorry. Uh, we, I'm, I don't even think we probably even made contact with his camp. Like, that That was just never an option. Um, I except the Mets, I don't think any fan base should be necessarily like, oh man, like we missed it. And I think Jacob deGrom is one of the greatest pitchers to ever live. I think that him when he's healthy and, and pitching and at his peak, there are very few players in the history of this beautiful sport that have ever been better than him. I genuinely believe that. So talent wise, I understand it. Now, obviously, can he stay on the field? Who knows? He's had a lot of injury problems over the last three or four years, four or five years. And so that's where the big cause for concern is. Now, if you're Texas, you're trying to get out of this rebuild. You spent a ton of money last offseason. You're going to spend more this offseason, clearly. I, I really don't mind it for the Rangers. And I don't think that it's a crazy overpay, even if he continues to be, you know, kind of banged up some years. I think that that's that, but if you're an, a different organization, that's not the Mets or obviously the Rangers, cause you got them. How mad are you really though? At almost $40 million a year for a dude that hasn't pitched a full season in like half a decade. Like how, how upset are you really about that? In it, like well into his thirties now. I don't know. I, I, I think that, while I don't think that it's a bad move for the Rangers, and I do think that the Mets should have held on to DeGrom because I understand the talent level he is, the other 28 fan bases, I don't think anybody should be, like, you know, kicking the dirt really upset about it. That's all. 
Hopefully I, I articulated that like I wanted to. Um, what else? We're getting close to the end of the end of the show here. We should probably wrap up. Daz Cameron was um, this is not nearly as as big a news as what all the other things we've been talking about, but something that happened over the weekend. Daz Cameron was waived by the Orioles. He cleared waivers though, so he's still in their organization. He's just already not on their 40 man anymore. Uh, might hop back on, you know, when the IL opens back up and, and they can kind of clear out some more names. But for the time being, Daz Cameron still with the Orioles organization, but no longer on their 40 man roster. I know that some people were arguing about, you know, if we should have held on to him or, or whatnot, but, you know, got waived by the team that claimed him from us. So that should probably tell you a little bit of some about. Uh, maybe some other teams evaluation of him. Um, okay. I think that's pretty much it this week. Very fun week. We have, uh, the MLB lottery will be this week. The first ever draft lottery tigers have like a 7% chance of the number one overall pick. They can fall pretty dramatically, but they can also hop up. We'll see. That'll be super fun. I think that's Tuesday if I'm not mistaken. And then the rule five draft ends. The uh, the festivities, I guess you would say. So that's, I think, Wednesday. That'll be super fun. We will have, I think, Tuesday's show, barring any moves. Well, there probably will be some moves to talk about. We'll see what's up. I, I want to do a Rule 5 breakdown before the Rule 5 draft. So I guess I'll just try and find one of the days where, like, the least amount of stuff happens. And then that will maybe be the Rule 5 breakdown day. We'll see how it plays out. But I'm definitely going to do that before the rule five draft and just, and maybe it's not three segments. Maybe that's what's up. Maybe it's just not like a full show and we only do a segment or two on it. Um, but I do want to break down some of the talent that is available in the rule five draft. Cause there certainly is some intriguing prospects. We'll call them. So we'll do that. Thanks for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast for your next listen. Check on the lockdown sports today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like us. Um, I think that's it. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for letting me riff for a little bit. I'm super pumped. I hopefully I got you pumped for the week too. That was kind of my goal. Um, let's see what happens, baby. Let's have some fun. Peace and love going to therapy's dope and I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Hopefully with some fun news to talk about. Go Tigers.